You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like usual. And Brian, I think the big story of the day, obviously, is Utah essentially establishing themselves atop the Pac-12 South as the clear-cut favorite to win the division with a huge win over UCLA. It is difficult to really surmise how big a win that was. Uh, Currently, Jake, I think looking forward, if it does end up with the Utes in the Pac-12 South Championship, it may be the pivotal win. I think the biggest part about it for me is it was a bounce-back win. And good football teams bounce back from bad performances, and the Utes did just that on Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt about that. They did do that. They bounced back in nice fashion. Obviously, the Pac-12 is drunk, by the way. It's just I can't make heads or tails of it. No surprises here. Look, we're a West Coast league. There's not going to be a whole lot going on this time of year. Of course, everybody's going to be overserved. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's nuts. But anyways, we'll dig into all that ahead on today's show. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. And without further ado, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for November 1st, 2021. Again, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen of the day. I'm Jake Hatch, joined as always by the man who makes this thing really go, Brian Brown himself. Brian, what's up, my buddy? Oh, I don't know about that, Jake. I think I'm just the one that uh, shows up the most frequently is all. The other day on on Twitter, I was actually voted out for a brief minute in favor of my father. So, (laughs) hey. Hard to really call yourself the motor when, when, when there's definitely a different driver. What I was saying is I need to be one that's replaced. If your pops is going to make those type of observations, he needs to be in the co-host chair. I think the last thing we need is him having more opportunity to share his opinions. He's taking full advantage of the fact that he's hit retirement age. And so he is very capable of sharing with anybody who, who is, is willing or not willing to listen. But uh, it was, it was fun to, to watch him do his breakdowns. And I, you know, he's not alone. I think every fan loves to do that. It's, it's kind of that it, it's, it's something that I feel like I've lost a little bit is the joy of rewatching and doing my own scouting reports. And, and now it's so much more, you know, job like, which look, it's not the worst thing to have, have this as a job opportunity, but uh, it was fun to sit there and watch him do his, uh, his analysis for sure. And, and maybe, Hey, maybe that's what we do next year is we uh, try and sit in maybe virtually on some people who do their own film analysis. That'd be fun. But I got, I got to say Papa Brown bear would be awesome to have on the show so he's got a he's got a pretty extensive football background uh he was a little league president for i want to say president or vice president for about 13 years and there was one week where i think he went to 17 football games so he's uh he's got a decent knowledge he's decent grasp of things okay well yeah absolutely but uh Sans him uh, sitting in today, let's talk a little bit about this win for Utah. They beat UCLA 44-24, to and uh, obviously a lot of people out there are saying the 22-22, and 44 points. Really, really cool moment as they retired the number 22 jerseys for both Aaron Lowe as well as Ty Jordan. 
on the Saturday night. And I really thought that was a really, really fun gesture. Not fun, that's probably the wrong term, but just a really unique gesture because to become the first uh, players, the first number to be retired in Utah program history, it's a pretty monumental occasion for the University of Utah football program. And I think that winning this game and becoming the odds-on favorite to win the Pac-12 South as a result, I think there's a lot of good things coming out of that night, Brian. Across all fronts, right? I think there was a good, uh, a lot of good steps taken by guys. I, I noted on Twitter that Van Fillinger made a play there in the game that I think he missed a few few times before, and so he showed a lot of growth. I think the defense improved, even though they did they weren't great. This is still a defense that's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought the offense was incredible. Watching Paul Miley step in and do what he did. Uh, there's no amount of praise, I think, for that particular game uh, that is too much in, in this respect. But the the difficulty is, you know, moving forward, can you replicate that if your number is called again? Uh, but it was also a big night off the field as there were a lot of recruits there. And I think we're seeing something special happen where, you know, I've talked about it, where this team is turning tragedy into triumph. But it's authentic. It's It's not something that uh, that they're using to try and win games. What they're using it for is is legitimate and sincere, and no amount of, of kudos or thank yous is, is really enough to this athletic department for what they've done in taking care of the Lowe family, the Jordan family, and in honoring their legacies because this is something that could be you know a, a complete derailment, and, and what they've done is they've embraced it. Uh, you know, they've, they've uh, made it a part of everything that they're doing and they've turned it into something that we can all use that, that, that feeling and that emotion and that impact in a positive manner to be 22% better. Yeah. And I, I it was really, really unique to, well, not, man, I'm struggling with my words today. Unique is part of it. It was just really nice to see both the low and Jordan families out there, uh, watching the ceremony unfold this whole deal, as you mentioned, Brian, this easily could have fractured this team. It could have thrown them off course. It could have just caused them to say, you know what, we're doing our thing. But it's actually galvanized this program. And now they're running towards a Pac-12 South Division title and a potential date with Oregon, who looks like they're probably going to win the Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 title game. Crazy to think about 2019 repeating itself in, in some ways, but that's kind of where we're looking at right now. It is, and it's, I mean, it's been a fascinating road to get here, right? I think if anybody expected things to play out this way, uh, you probably should move directly to uh, whatever private island that you can now purchase with all of your winnings. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way that you'd actually, like, you know, have have thought through everything to be this, you know, in, insane, uh, I think is the only way to, to really describe it. Um, well, it's not the only way, but it's how I'm capable of describing it right now, uh, to be in the driver's seat, to finish off these next few games with an opportunity to win out and take the PAC 12 South championship is exactly where Utah wanted to be. It's not the road that they necessarily thought they would take to get there, but we are seeing a Utah team that's really coming into form at the right point in time. Your only hope is that you can continue to, uh, keep healthy enough to make this stretch run. 
Yeah, and, that, and that, that's the thing about it. You, you got to stay healthy here. So, big game coming up, obviously, this Saturday. Oh, no, Saturday, Friday. It's a Friday night game. I forgot about that. 8.30 Friday night against Stanford. Should be a fun game in that regard. I'm looking forward to breaking that one as the week progresses. But we do need to look back before we look forward, Brian. We'll dig into some more of the specifics regarding the UCLA win here in just a moment. But first... Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. And Brian, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend. Uh, just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. All of the college hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network actually have a Twitter DM thread that we have going. And did you see on Saturday about something I said that Prize Picks? This thing is awesome. It's a ton of fun to do. I think that just kind of speaks to how cool of a of an idea this is for daily fantasy. We've said it, and it's not been a lie or, or just a read. This is how I want to play Daily Fantasy. I want to pick my guys. I want to play against the numbers. I don't want to have to play against an opponent. I want to have control over that kind of stuff so that I can do wild and zany stuff and win. And that's why Prize Picks is successful. I think it's why we talk about it so much. Uh, and I think it's why, really, you know, it's worth your time and, and worth going to their uh, platform and, and downloading the app, whether it's through the Apple App Store or through Google Play, and and using the promo code Locked On so that they'll match your deposit up hundred dollars one hundred percent. That's that's simple maths right there. That's if you put in one, you get two. Yeah, it, it's a great way to go about it. As Brian mentioned, you can get it in the App Store. You also can go to the website PrizePicks.com. What I like about it also your entries 60 seconds or less and you're done there's no having to spend seemingly hours agonizing over your lineup or whatever you're trying to do it's set up for you guys to succeed it's just you versus the numbers and like brian mentioned you're not going up against a thousand other people it feels like who have uh this makes their this is their day job you're, you're just going against the numbers it's a really really unique concept so once again get to pricepicks.com or download the app now use the promo code locked on for that 100 instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars Take advantage of it now. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Utes your first listen of the day. Absolutely love being with you guys. And Brian, let's talk a little bit more about the specifics of this win against UCLA. And you and I are always guys who are going to be very quick to give love to the offensive line. We all know that Tavion Thomas had a monster night. Four touchdowns rushing, a really, really fun outing for him. But he doesn't do that without the help of a strong offensive line and an offensive line that was revamped. Uh, Paul Miley stepping into the center spot as they moved uh, Nick Ford from center to left guard with Keaton Bills not being available uh, per Kyle Whittingham. I thought for a reconstituted offensive line that has dealt with its share of issues earlier on this season, they bounced back in really, really fun fashion and really paved the way for Tavion Thomas to have a starring role. Depending on your interpretation of PFF grades, they had an outstanding night uh, across the board. You know, Nick Ford, I think, returning to the guard role uh, was an easy move to make. You got your five best guys on the field, and I think Nick at that guard position, given how UCLA uh, plays their defense, I think was a it was a great uh, maneuver, and and it's. Um, you know, I, I think it's a credit to Jim Harding. It's a credit to this position group because they were under a lot of fire early on in the season. And I think Jim Harding had to make some tough decisions and it actually ended up costing them a player uh, with Simi Mawal entering the transfer portal. And, you know, as I've talked to people that are outside the program, there's still a ton of interest in, in him from 
P5 level programs. So, so that's a guy that's a starter. You know, we saw Orlando Umana have a pretty good game for uh, Ole Miss mm-hmm. at, at the guard position. So, you know, having to go through all that stuff, you know, having to deal with the portal, losing those guys, I think for them to be where they're at and, and do what they've done is, is a credit to those guys. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't, you know, it's curious because I think this is one of those situations where uh, a lot of people want to say, well, you know, give give Jim Harding his due. And, and there are people out there that likely say, no, I, I still think we can do better. Um, I think it's a, a combination of both, right? Like I, yeah. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat things and say that Jim Harding is the best offensive line coach in the history of Utah football. He's not, uh, and nor will he go down as such. Uh, but I think he's done a really admirable job. I think if you make a change with him, uh, at the offensive line position, you darn well better have somebody an incredible lined up behind him uh, because what he's got going right now is, is really positive. And with most of those guys likely returning next year, I think the only departure will be Nick Ford. And I think this game went a long way uh, to projecting that he'll be able to to declare early for the NFL draft. Um you know, and 290 yards rushing, it speaks volume. I think this is the third straight game that they went with no sacks. I, again, we got to back up a little bit on that one because I'm the guy that always says who's the most important player in your pass protection. It's the quarterback. I, I, this is maybe one of those things where maybe I'm like reluctantly admitting that I was right. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it, it's putting a lot of credit on cam rising's plate, but also it's the tight ends, right? It's been this collective group on the offensive side of the football. That's just really played well. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. Like no one player is making this engine go. And that's the nice part about it. Cam Rising's having his moments. You mentioned the tight ends. Good to see guys like Dalton Kincaid, Brant Keithy, and Cole Fotheringham continuing to have big roles in this offense. I really like what we're seeing from the Utes right now offensively. And if this continues, Brian, obviously it's easier said than done. If it continues, yeah, there's no reason to think that Utah's not going to win the Pac-12 South because this is an offense that is more than capable of carrying a, a defense that is not great. I think we can both admit this defense for Utah has not been great, but they're good enough to hold opponents down. And I thought UCLA, they came in and Utah flex their muscle defensively just enough to make sure that their offense was able to get the requisite touches they needed and they responded with 44 points that's a pretty stellar outing for Utah in terms of their total output offensively and Kyle Whittingham he he said last week I'm not necessarily he, he made it seem like he's not necessarily a fan of getting into shootouts but I think he is more than happy just to have wins in the win column if that if that's what it means yeah, and it's, you know, this has been such a, a weird season to try and project, right? Because we only had five games from last year. And then you go on this roller coaster with all the changes that they made. Uh, I don't know that it's necessary. Like, this could totally flip again by the end of the year, yeah. right? I, I think the one difference is that you're likely not going to see Junior Tafuna and, and Aliki Vamahi suddenly put an extra 25, 30 pounds of, of good weight uh, to, to try and, you know, solidify the running game anymore. But I think with the, the teams that you have upcoming, you know, Colorado runs the football a lot still. Brendan Lewis is not a great thrower. Uh, Arizona is still trying to find their footing, but there are some playmakers there. Uh, you know, Barry Hill and, and uh, they've got a couple of running backs, you know, they're trying to figure it out with Plummer at QB. The the big two looming games, I think, are Stanford and Oregon, right? And and so what we see in these next games is is likely what Utah is going to be as a finished product. 
and that's what you'll have to project as as they take this road in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, and that that's the interesting part about it is you do have two, I think, games that you're you're pretty much writing in as W's, as you mentioned, over Colorado and over Arizona. But then the games that have question marks next to them, I would still favor Utah to beat Stanford. I, I don't think that's necessarily too much of a of a big guess there. The Oregon game, though, it looms very very large because it could be a preview of the Pac-12 title game. And I, man, I. I look at this, and I feel like Utah, as we kind of mentioned earlier on in today's podcast, they've been galvanized by everything that's been going on around the program, losing another teammate inside of a year. It's just it's incomprehensible, but I think Utah has taken the right mentality. The best way to honor the life and legacies of both Aaron Lowe as well as Ty Jordan is to go out and play the way that those two would want them to play, and Utah's responded nicely. And it's, it's fun to be covering this team right now because – they're firing on all cylinders. Does that mean they can't get better? Absolutely. They can get better in multiple departments. I think the wide receiving core can be a little bit better. I think the defensive line can grow up, and I think they will grow up here in the final month of the season. At least I hope they do. There are different things that they can improve on, but the good news is th- things are working right now for Utah. What's great about it, and you made a good point there with with how this team is improving while winning, uh, you know, it, Cam rising at a 90.3 grade through PFF. And and look, that sounds great, but anybody who watched that game knows that he wasn't perfect and missed on a few long balls, had a, had a few passes that he probably wishes he had back. You know, Britton Covey had a drop on a ball that, that kind of hit him in the hands. Maybe it was a little far ahead, like hard to say with some of that stuff. Uh, but as long as this team is continuing to win and win convincingly, I feel like that was pretty much a start-to-finish win for them. A very, very few times was it really kind of like you know tugging at your collar sorry everybody out there in in podcast land who can't see me talking right now um but i think i think it's really hard for me to get overly excited um about the next two games in terms or or you know making it to the Pac-12 championship or, or even going to a Rose Bowl right now because this is still a team that's not really performed well in the Pac-12 on the road yet right um, and they've got a Friday night game at Stanford it's going to be a physical affair like you never know what happens in the Pac-12 and and so your hope is that, that they at least correct enough of the mistakes to get past Stanford next week and then you know, uh, we were talking about it earlier, just taking it a day at a time. As long as they do take it a game at a time, literally, and it, it seems like that's, that's kind of how things are going. I thought Karene Reed had a really good comment where he said, you know, if, if we do take care of every single game, one game at a time, at the end there will be that extra game. Yeah. Um, and, and if they can do that, then they're in a good position. But otherwise it's just, you know, every single game is just going to be – uh, a, a big what if for me moving forward because of all we talked about. This is still a young football team, a growing football team. And while they're playing really well at times, you never know with young teams what's going to happen next. And, that, and that's the thing about it. You mentioned the fact that kind of winning on the road, that's one of the big question marks remaining for this team. And that'll be fun this week to be continue to break that down as you get ready for that Stanford game. But there, that is, a, that is a question mark. Can this team go on yeah. the road? And let's be honest, Stanford – not exactly a hornet's nest in terms of fan support, etc. So it's actually a pretty good place to go if you're going to go on the road and try and pick up a victory. 
Yeah, and and I I want to I want to double back on that a little bit. I think this is exciting for me, right? Sure. That every single game is is varied, you know, and 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 kind of presents this new challenge because I think even for us, like it keeps us on our to- toes in terms of how we're evaluating things. Mm-hmm. And like you said, uh, that may play in Utah's favor. They were in a pretty uh, dumpstery atmosphere against San Diego State, and once Cam Rising took over, they kind of took over. And you know, if there's a good contingent of Utah fans that show up, that may help. Uh, being that it's a later Friday night game, I don't know if that helps. Maybe this team just plays much better at dark. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. Uh, if I'm, you know, looking at that game right now, my hunch is that this is one that Utah should really just, you know, roll over. And I think that this team, you know, like you said, they they have a purpose. And and even though they did lay down not the best effort against Oregon State, there was still fight behind that game, and, yes. and that just gives me a really comfortable feeling about them going forward. Yeah, and it, it, only time will tell how, how this final month of the season goes, Brian. The, the nice part is we're starting November today. It's November 1st, Brian. We all know that November has been a bugaboo month for Utah in the past few seasons, or you can go back further than that, maybe four or five years. I actually have a really, really good feeling about Utah going into this month as compared to previous seasons where you're like, okay, what is going to happen here? Maybe my feeling about it is completely misfounded and they're going to go and have another November to forget, but I hope that I'm right. My gut is telling me that they, I think that they have a different feeling about this team than what most November seem to feel like, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and look, you know, I think after uh, we can keep talking about this ad nauseum, but this is this is fun. This yeah. is where you want to be in November. There are teams like Michigan that are not here right <laughs> now, right? Like like woof, you know. Uh, Utah has everything in front of them, and and this, you know, like you said earlier, the Pac-12 is super drunk right now and and about to crash into the punch bowl. Uh, so let's just enjoy the ride and and hope for the best and and support this Utah football team because this is this is the Utah role right yeah. like they yeah. are here to separate the contenders and the pretenders in this conference they're almost the standard now for the Pac-12 and when teams go up against them they kind of prove themselves although I thought that Oregon State proved themselves and holy cow <laughs> they did not yeah. it's just. It's kind of the hallmark of this conference at this point, it seems like. If this was like the NFL or something like that, people would adore it, right? Yes. It would be the best ever, and, and everybody would just embrace the chaos. Mm-hmm. But because you have to compete with everybody else across the country, yeah, uh, you know whether you want to or not, ESPN's just made us all bedfellows. So <laughs> It's a good point. It's true. But it's both charming and also frustrating at the same time. It's kind of funny how that how that happens, but that's kind of how we're, we are right now. All right, sounds like me on a date, Jake. Hey, I like that. We need to talk if about, I ever went on dates, we need to talk about Brian's <laughs> dating life in an off season series. That should be that should be an off season. Be a very quiet episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> much had, like the novel, everything is quiet on the Western Front. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, we'll 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 save that for the for the off season. We'll see what we can yeah. do with that. All right. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll wrap up the weekend that was in Utah sports. We'll catch you up on everything else you need to know. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar, Brian. I enjoyed a delicious blueberry muffin uh, bar today, and anybody who has who spent the last month thinking, okay, do I need to give Built Bars a shot? Well, you missed out on some great opportunities because they were releasing new flavor after new flavor every three to four days throughout the month of October. And I'm not going to lie, I tried a lot of new different flavors and every single one of them was a hit. But I got to say that blueberry muffin, Brian, it hits different. I really, really like that one. 
I was a huge fan of the old blueberry muffin top cereal, and sure. this gave me some nostalgia to that. I actually have a couple bags stashed away uh, just in case there's another pandemic that rolls out and I have to uh, uh, nurse my uh, my mood with some good cereal. But that's the cool part about Built Bars. They're always coming out with new uh, flavors and, and things and trying new things, and uh, some things hit, some things don't. But the, the one thing that you do know is that they're always going to be providing you with the best taste tasting protein bars on the market. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is they're just absolutely phenomenal. They're the best tasting protein bars that Brian and I have had, bar none, and that pun is completely intended. Get over to Built.com right now, place your order. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com, and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, Brian, let's catch everybody else up on how the weekend went in Utah sports. And let's start off on the hardwoods, shall we? The women's basketball program held their first exhibition of the season. And I don't want to say it was easy, but when you win 93-48 to over Westminster, that's pretty dang impressive. It's what you want to do, and it sounds really stupid that that's impressive, <laughs> but like, how many times have we seen teams roll out after uh, an ex or roll out for an exhibition game and just mm-hmm. totally drop the ball and and you know leave uh, leave nothing on the floor when they should have left everything? So I think. It's a good sign that this team is focused. I think Lynn Roberts is really engaged with this team. I think she's really excited about this squad. I think COVID was really difficult for them for the team last year, and I think they're just a hundred percent like you know like their vaccination rate. They're a hundred percent on board with playing hard and playing well this season. Nicely done. I like that. Well done with the plug there for for the COVID nineteen vaccine. But it's a good point there. Also, uh, number eight ranked cross country. They actually hosted the uh, the Pac twelve championships, Brian. And I was talking to some folks who actually were involved with this event, and they were very very impressed with Utah's showing. They posted its highest finish in Pac twelve championship history Friday afternoon. I had a third place individual finish from Emily Venters, and then finished a second. Uh, for the cross-country program at the Pac-12 championships as a whole. So very, very fun to see the women's cross-country program, I guess, peaking at the right time. Because when you set a program record for your best finish in Pac-12 championship history, no time like the present. There isn't, and it's just uh, it's it's more of the same. And and what a joy it is to have that, right? And yep. I think anybody who's who's watched it and and gotten a chance to watch this team perform ha- has seen the impact. Uh, it's just I'm out of words, man. Like like like, but how fun is that? And and it's just I think that's part of what's been so cool about uh, the athletic department in Utah in recent years is that they've had this you know, this kind of impact in, in various sports and in various opportunities. And that's part of being a Pac-12 program. It's not just about football, but I think really what's happened is is football has been the the door opener for a lot of that. And, you know, as, as we've watched other programs grow and, and showcase stars, I think for you and I especially, it's been really fun to uh, follow and track that and just – you know, seeing greatness is greatness. Doesn't yes. matter whether it's you know volleyball or curling or uh, you know competitive eating. It's just it's really impressive to be able to watch that. Okay, you want to talk about greatness, Brian? 
Let's talk about the greatness that is Danny Drews and how good the weekend went for the Utah volleyball program. Ranked number 19 in the country. They started the weekend off by beating Oregon State. Uh, three, oh, excuse me. They started off the weekend upsetting Oregon, excuse me, in Eugene, the number 17 ranked Ducks for a season sweep for the Utes in that regard. And then finished it off with a 3-1 win over Oregon State on Halloween. So a pretty phenomenal weekend overall for the women's volleyball program. Yeah, 29 kills is insane. Uh, going on the road and getting that sweep is also a big, big deal for this program as they're trying to round into form just in time for uh, the tournament. I, I, watching this volleyball team play is just really fun. They're, yeah. they're having a good time, and then they're led by the right you know, the right leader in Danny Drews and, and what she's, you know, 29 kills is insane. Like, that is, woo. Yeah. Good luck matching that on your uh, your Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And if you have not seen Danny Drews just play, you need to take advantage of it because she's not long for Utah. She's not, and, and she'll have a tremendous career uh, in whatever she decides to do next, whether it's beach or overseas. Uh, it, the only shame of it all is that there's not a women's professional volleyball league where we could watch her dominate stateside. Yep. Um, but she is, you know... I, Said it so many times. She's a tremendous athlete. She's my favorite Barton, uh, even though she's a Druze. Um, and and watching her play volleyball is just it's it's personal personal uh, personal joy. Yeah, it's it's you're watching greatness. It's there's no doubt about it. It's greatness personified. There is no doubt about the fact that she is one of the all-timers for Utah volleyball. And like like I, like I said, if you haven't had an opportunity to see her play. Take advantage of it because, as Brian mentioned, not going to see many opportunities for her to play domestically, it seems like, uh, at least in the near-term future. So take advantage and of it. And they're that. Friday nights. It's easy to get up to the Huntsman yeah. Center for those. It's worth your time. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Brian, before we go here, of course, as I am want to do, any words of wisdom for our listeners as we close things out? Jake, it's all about that one game at a time mental approach, and we're here on the Locked On News podcast, just taking it one podcast at a time. If you're hanging in there with us, we thank you for following us. Thank you for listening one podcast at a time, one day at a time, and, and we're going to keep rolling things out like we do every day, one podcast at a time. Yep, we will have you covered all week long and lead up to that matchup at Stanford Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time out there on the farm. We'll have you ready for it as we continue throughout this week. But thank you once again for making Locked On Utes your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over and listen to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Get more of an overall look at what's going on in the Pac-12. Cindy Robinson is the host and is free, free and available on all podcasting platforms. And until next time, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for November 1st, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow.